Lord God, our Heavenly Father, who else can we turn to but you for our comfort, for our leading and direction? And we just pray for that this afternoon, that you would just bless this church and the members that are here and those, Lord God, that are seeking your face. We pray that you would um, reveal yourself, Lord God, um, to those who believe and those who are seeking, Lord God. And we just thank you so much for being a part of our lives and thank you for allowing us to be your children. We thank you for that blessing so much and just pray for your spirit to lead this message and that your name would be honored and glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If we can turn to um, the book of Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five, we'll read um, all 20 verses, 21. Second Corinthians chapter five. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so, that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the same self thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. We, for we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that we may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge. And if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should henceforth live unto themselves, unto, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. Yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us to the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath commanded and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as O God did beseech you, God to beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And there's a lot in this passage, and I'm not going to be able to go and dissect every verse. Um, but with the Lord's help, I really want to focus on, on the term that's used in verse 20. And it says, Now therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. And that term of an ambassador, there's really a lot of detail that's outlined prior to using that term ambassador that really defines what that role is of being an ambassador for Christ. And in going through all this material, it brought to my mind, it's almost outlined by Apostle Paul this way, almost being like a job description or a way in which it outlines the criteria of what it is to be an ambassador for Christ. And in my line of work, um, post-COVID, job descriptions were, we had to redefine ours. We had to make ours more attractive to gain candidates, to gain people that would be interested in employing and working with our company. And we went through the whole process of redefining our job descriptions and and trying to make them um, interesting and trying to make them intriguing and trying to really gain candidates to come work for our company. And Apostle Paul, although they may not have penned it this way, he really outlines some of the, the benefits and, and the opportunities of being an ambassador for Christ and some of the challenges in being an ambassador for Christ. And with the Lord's help, I'm just going to kind of compare from our current perspective of a job description of an ambassador of Christ um, with this passage. And when you think of a job description, at least most of the way they're, they're described, um, there's often an introduction to the position. And that introduction to that position of being an ambassador for Christ, um, and in today's society, it has to be catchy. It has to catch your attention. It has to draw you in. Um, and then there's also, after your job description, in that first introductory couple sentences, it lists the requirements, or what the criteria are, what level of education, what kind of job experience you're looking for in that position. And then often it gives... Um, other minor details, but to some people it's very valuable of you know where that location is, where you're going to be working, um, the duration, the term of the job, is it going to be a contract, is it a full-time position, um, and then really we had a section where it was more of the job description, but we called it a day in the life of. So looking at that perspective, a day in the life of an ambassador for Christ, and the last part was really where you kind of get to the specifics of the role. And uh, we called it, um, what's in it for me? What am I going to gain from this position? And what can we gain from the position of being an ambassador for Christ? And we'll go through and kind of break it down that way, if we have the time to to go through all this area, Um, just to give you a further insight in in what passage it speaks of and what the term means to be an ambassador for Christ. And there's a a definition um, 
of, of what that word means and, and just kind of attempted to put some biblical perspective of what an ambassador means. And, you know, you hear a lot of things occurring um, in Middle Eastern countries and, and in other areas, and there's ambassadors that are working on behalf of a country. And we'll just try to define what that means to be an ambassador. So according to the definition, an ambassador is an official envoy or a messenger, someone of a high-ranking diplomat who represents a state. And when you think of it from an ambassador for Christ, we represent heaven. That's a state we, we, we're here to represent. And they're accredited to another sovereign state. So the sovereign state we're in now is on earth. We're here on this earth. It's not our eternal home, but that's where we're here now in the sovereign state. And they're called to represent an international organization. From our perspective as an ambassador, we're called to represent Christianity and our faith as being as a believer in Christ. And the resident represents their own government or sovereign appointed state. So we're called to represent our state of being a Christian and serving the one and true living God. And the position is often temporary. Um, It's viewed as a diplomatic assignment. And when you think of that, we often speak of it, but do we understand what that means to be temporarily on this earth? And that we put all of our treasures um, in the eternal and to know that we're called just to be here on this earth for a certain period of time as an ambassador for Christ. And Apostle Paul uses this term ambassador not just in this passage, he also covers it in Ephesians. Ephesians 6.20 for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So that's a general description, a definition of an ambassador for Christ, according to the gospel. And some of the prereqs or the requirements that are outlined in this passage in 2 Corinthians 5, um, it speaks of quite a few areas, but if you look at verse 11, um, it really speaks of, Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also made manifest in your consciousness. So a prerequisite of being able to be ambassador is that concept of knowing the terror of the Lord. And that term terror there's, there's two meanings, really, of, of the term fear or terror that the Scripture outlines. And one is the one that we're familiar with on this earth, and that's really a spirit of fear. And that's an unhealthy fear. That's a fear of, of um, repercussions or something's gone wrong and there's consequences for what I do. And that's a spirit of fear. And that often leaves us with worry or doubt, and there's a fear of consequences because we know we're not right in the state. And so that's a spirit of fear. But this terror or this fear that it's speaking of in verse 11 is actually a godly fear that you're called to have. A fear that really sets up um, an amazement or reverence, a humility unto God. And so as, a, as an ambassador for Christ, you really have to come to that awareness or the reconciling of who God is before you're able to be an effective ambassador for Christ. And Proverbs speaks of this, Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. 
So until the Holy Spirit convicts you and breaks you down to realize how little you are and how much we need to depend on God and have that reverence or that fear of God, it's going to be difficult to represent Christ on this earth as an ambassador. And that's a critical component of being an ambassador for Christ. And the other term that's outlined in this passage that really gives you another criteria of being an ambassador is the term reconciled and being reconciled unto God. And there's really, in these verses, if you look for verses 18 all the way through 20, it's actually, the term reconciliation is is outlined five times. And to be reconciled unto God. And what the term of reconciliation means and why that's critical to be reconciled. And it really just means that fear needs to be there first, but then also that closeness and that unity with God is critical as an ambassador for Christ. And until you're able to understand who God is and be able to have forgiveness through his son, Jesus Christ, you can't be reconciled to God. And often we, we take that, the word fear and we use that when we spoke of previously, and sometimes it hinders our reconciliation to God. Because if that fear is the incorrect fear and a fear of repercussion and, and judgment only, we're not going to be as effective being reconciled. And really that's what God calls us to. There will be a judgment day for those, um, but there's also a reconciliation that has to occur and a sanctification that has to occur on this earth now in order for us to grow closer to him. And that's what we're really called to. We're called to worship God, to draw closer to God, and to be reconciled through his son, Jesus Christ. And that kind of brings to this third section is the location of being an ambassador of Christ, knowing that our role here as an ambassador is temporary. And it covers that in verse 2. In verse 2 it says, We groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. And as much as we read this, I can honestly say that I don't groan for heaven. I am excited about heaven. I desire, I'm sure, someday to be there, but I don't groan for heaven. But Apostle Paul was so entrenched with his relationship with Christ and, and with the gospel that he, he, he deeply desired it. He knew that this earth was very temporary. But as temporary as it was, he worked so hard and put his whole heart and desire into spreading the gospel, into going on his mission trips, into sharing the gospel. And he still had that desire and that groaning for the eternal. Knowing that eventually this life would end. And so that's the location that we're called to, is to be on this earth, but groan for the eternal. Groan for heaven. And know that there is something beyond this earth. And the term 
You know, in, in today's society, a lot of people, they're not keen on having a job that's 30 years long, starting with a company and progressing through the corporate ladder. Most people are intrigued by a company, but after a certain period of time, they want more and they look for more. As a Christian, this is a lifelong occupation. Being ambassador of Christ requires an in-depth and deep desire to serve him on this earth. Verses 6 through 9 really covers how long that term is on this earth. And it says, we are absent from the Lord while on earth. So there's that desire again to be eternal. Verse 7, so we walk by faith, not by sight. And again, 8 and 9, and it just speaks of we're called to work on this earth um, and, but really be accepted of him. So when you have that eternal perspective, but also that awareness that this isn't just a, a once and done calling, that this is an eternal commitment that you have for Christ while on this earth. And it's really turning that knowledge that you maybe had when you grew up in Sunday school and knew who Christ was, and that head knowledge becomes a heart knowledge and going out and sharing the gospel. And then living that out and, you know, that concept of, we called it a day in the life of. And the day in the life of a Christian or an ambassador for Christ, the gospel message really calls it out in, in three simple ways. And it says to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Christ. And we're called to do that every day. To check our egos at the door, to put our preconceived notion of what we want to do in this earth and where we want to go, take up our cross and whatever challenge God has for us for that day, and allow the Spirit to lead us. And it's not very glamorous. It's not very flashy of a day in the life of... But I know for myself, often, I think back to when I became a believer when Christ first accepted me and drew me to him, 1999. And I think of how many opportunities and how much Christ wanted to have me be an ambassador. And I had my own preconceived notions of what that should be and what I wanted to do first and where I wanted to go first in my career and where I wanted to take my family and what we wanted to do individually rather than being an ambassador for Christ. And often as Christians, we sometimes look back. It is good to look back at that day when Christ accepted you, but you're called to look forward and to win souls for Christ and to keep it growing as a believer. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who who knew no sin, verse 21, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And when you think back of what Christ did for us and the sin that he partook upon us, he had no sin. He was perfect. And he called us to him 
and it was all because of God's plan of salvation. And we're called to take that same message. And in our church, we are going through uh, the Great Commission, and often that concept of the Great Commission, we think of it sometimes as being a, so grand and, and praise God for those who go to the missions fields and those that are able to go out and share the gospel. But often, most of us don't have that opportunity. But that Matthew, 8, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, where it covers the Great Commission, that's still a calling for all of us. Wherever we have been put in a relationship with, whether it be our spouse, whether it be our children, whether it be our coworkers, we're called to be an ambassador in that environment, to take those words which we have heard and live them out for Christ. And the last area, when you think of being an ambassador for Christ or as, as a job description, and often people maybe skim through the job description and come to this area, is really what's in it for me? What are the perks? What are the benefits of being an ambassador for Christ? And if you go through, actually go back into 1 Corinthians 10, um, it speaks of some of the benefits. I don't know if many people would view this as a benefit, but if you go back to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there is no temptation or trial that we will go through where God will not find an escape for us or a way for us to bear the challenges we will face. And that 1 Corinthians 10, 13 just really gives us that reassurance that one of the benefits as being a believer is no matter how difficult a challenge we have, and each of us, that challenge may be different in the life we have and the challenges we have in this life, there'll be no greater a challenge than we can bear, that we can endure. And another benefit of being an ambassador for Christ is when you go through Matthew 5 and you go through all those Beatitudes and it lists all these things that we will endure and the, and the challenges and, and blessed be and it goes through each of them and just to know that they all have eternal benefits. Each of those Beatitudes are connected to something that's eternal and they go beyond this earth. And for many people, you would look at this concept of being an ambassador for Christ, and you would read through it, and it's not very glamorous. It's not very exciting. Um, and then you would look back and say, well, what can I bring to the table? What do I have that can put on my resume that says I'm qualified to be an ambassador for Christ? You can never have a resume look good enough for God to be accepted. But his son, Jesus Christ, and you think of the criteria that he looked for in his disciples, and you think of the people that he sought out to further his kingdom. They were tax collectors, they were fishermen, they had no education. And 
one of the biggest challenges I'll, I'll say in, in trying to find people and hire people um, should you ever need to find someone for work is to try to look beyond the resume, to try to look beyond what they are telling you and what their experience is telling you who they are and to find out their personality and to find out their heart within an interview process. And it's difficult because a lot of times you're going to look for things and credentials that people have and you're intrigued by that and you're drawn to that individual. But if you can look past that and look at their personality and look at their heart, you'll often find that sometimes the people that may be the best applicants have the worst resumes or the worst backgrounds often. And I think if you look at Christ in the same manner, he looks beyond our resumes. He looks beyond our criteria, and he looks right into our heart. And he has a purpose for each of us as believers to be his ambassadors. He knows each of us so closely, and he knows where we've been. He knows where we are in life and the challenges we're facing. He knows where we're going to be in the future. And whether we're going through persecutions, whether we're going through trials, or whether we're rejoicing in the Lord because we're in a, a blessed state, he's with us every step of the way. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so fortunate to hear thy word again today. As we have heard this morning also, we only see, Lord, the love that, that comes out of, out of Jesus, that he wants us to turn to him and listen to him and be obedient for our own good. We heard this afternoon of being ambassadors for the Lord. Father in heaven, truly we are, truly we are saddened when we think the lives we live, we're, we could be living closer. Forgive us, Lord, where we grieve thee, where we do wrong. But we thank thee, Lord, that you have given us time to change and to rethink our walk. Father in heaven, there are so many that are lost in this world, and we, we fail to reach out to them also. Give us, Lord, the strength. Give us, Lord, the, the courage and the wisdom and whatever it takes to do these things that will please thee. Father, we are created to please thee. We are created, Lord, to do thy will and not our own, to think on thee and not ourselves. Father, we pray for those that could not come into the house today. We pray for all those that are traveling, that are in different places. Father, we pray that you bless them and, and all those in contact with. Father, we pray for peace in this world as we hear the wars in Israel and many other countries in the Ukraine, the Russians. We pray, Lord, that you would give them peace, Lord. They've gone through such difficult times. And above all, they may turn to thee, Lord, seeing that, as I word does say, that let us allow evil things to come upon man, that they may return to thee, that they may see and realize that there is a creator and there is, is one that cares for them. But because of the, the difficulty, because of the hardness of the heart, these things must happen to them. Father, we pray, uh, be with us, Lord, as we part from here. Bless us, Lord, and help us. But for all your goodness, for all your mercy, Lord, we thank you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
morning we learned about how to relate and communicate one with another. This afternoon we've learned how we need to relate to those who are outside these walls. The scripture says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. How real is that to us? We need to be ambassadors because they don't know. They don't know there is another way. They don't know where they're heading. They don't know that the Lord has provided an answer to the shame that they can't get rid of, an answer to their sense of, of, of lostness, of having no purpose or meaning, their sense of, of, of struggle. And we are sitting on the answer. May we be motivated this afternoon to, by the commission that the Lord has given us to go out and to, and to be a bridge, a bridge that's connected on both ends, both to, to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the lost world that people can find their way to the Lord through us. With that, we would conclude this afternoon's service. The Lord bless his word.